Hi, you're listening to Green Rapids. Welcome back for another episode. Woo! Uh, this one is Climate Justice 101. Yay! I'm excited to um, get people informed. Some feedback I got was that um, a lot of people just don't know some of what we're talking about. And so Nancy and I want to kind of give you the down low on what it is we do. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, let's start off with some definitions and terms from some previous episodes um, that some folks said that we just absolutely made the assumption that everybody knows what yeah, it is, we which just is blew silly of us. <laughs> we blew through it. <laughs> We're enthusiastic. Anyway, but so one of those things are greenhouse gases and carbon emissions. Um, So these terms can be used somewhat interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, carbon emission is a type of greenhouse gas. But carbon emissions are also not just one type of emission. But basically, a greenhouse gas is a gas that absorbs and emits radiant energy at thermal infrared wavelengths, causing the greenhouse effect. (laughs) That's the definition from Wikipedia. Um, but we'll, Nancy's going to break it down in layman's terms. In layman's <laughs> terms, these gases basically stick around in the atmosphere in such a way that the Earth's sunlight is trapped and it acts like a blanket. Hence the greenhouse effect because it creates a very, uh, like a warming system. Um, that's a little bit unnatural. And then that's part of like the fact that we're contributing more of these gases into the atmosphere is why we've been having higher trending climate, like in terms of like our temperature averages. Well, the fact that we know it and then continue things like how we're responsible for it, transportation, Mm -hmm. electricity, and industry um, Mm -hmm. is really the main issue with greenhouse gases. I don't think that they're something that can't be um, contained, Mm -hmm. but when you do it at the level that we do, it's definitely a problem. Yeah. And there's definitely levels of emissions, which the earth can handle on its own. Right. Um, cause a lot of these are, a lot of these greenhouse gases are the top five are water vapor, carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, and ozone. All of those happen naturally. And all of those Mm -hmm. are required for a healthy atmosphere, Yeah. but too much, you know, everything in moderation. So too much is really bad. Um, So, you know, water vapor, obviously, that's something that we need because we need humidity in the air. Carbon dioxide, we breathe that out every time we breathe. Yeah. And then can be helped is it's if I'm not mistaken, when like cows chew, Mm -hmm. carbon dioxide is released into the. Oh, when they burp, it's methane. (laughs) Literal methane. (laughs) Cows are kind of gross. Yeah. But they're they're necessary. They're necessary. Yeah. But, uh, you know, since we are putting out more of these toxic gases into the air and I mean, not toxic gases, but, you know, extra gases that we don't need. Excess. Excess. Yes. Into the air. And we're also chopping down the trees in the rainforest to help to balance all that out. We're basically skewing with the balance of things. Think about trees as like the OG of recycling what mm-hmm. we put into our systems. Mm-hmm. Trees are like, ooh, let me eat it. Like they they run mm-hmm. off of that breathing system. But again, when you have way too much, they're like being choked by it. And then you take away what we have to filter it. Mm-hmm. Stop eating palm oil. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> In case you didn't know, it's one of the leading causes of deforestation. So make your own Nutella at home. But dang, mic drop. <laughs> we won't drop these mics though. They they have a stand. Yeah, they have stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another term that we used was microplastics. Mm-hmm. 
So microplastics are basically plastics that have broken into smaller pieces, but they're not degrading into their elements, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, have you heard about like that mathematical thing where you can like split something in half for infinity? Um, just they just become fractals. Yeah, yeah. So what we said before is they're not breaking down, they're breaking apart. Yes, exactly. So it doesn't really leave. It mm-hmm. just becomes smaller bits, so you don't actually see it as one piece. Mm-hmm. And then what's bad about them getting so small is that they're getting into our water, they're getting into our soil. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still research being done about what the full effects of having microplastics in our system is yeah but so many plastics have bpa in them which is a bisphenol a and it is a type of plastic that has it acts as a hormonal disruptor isn't that weird well and like we don't really think about it as you're drinking out of like a water bottle you're eating off of something that's plastic but Mm -hmm. that does have the ability to impact your make Mm -hmm. so it can become really dangerous for kids for women who are having children Mm -hmm. yeah for people in general like it's yeah it's Mm -hmm, like a very like hormonal disrupting thing and then like as we know hormones affect everything from like your health to like your mood to your like um your ability to gain or lose weight at a rate that's comfortable to you yeah so too many or not enough will Mm -hmm. totally disrupt your system Mm -hmm. and so it's not even what you're eating it's maybe what you're eating off of Mm -hmm. or what your food comes packaged in yeah and actually that's why most plastics you'll find now will actually have bpa free on it because Companies want you to know they're not using plastics that carry that harmful chemical in it. Mm-hmm. Although there are other less known yeah. chemicals in plastics that also act similarly. So just because it's not a trending BPA thing, uh, just avoid plastics in general. Why don't we do that? Yeah, right. I mean, and it's easier said than done. I oh, mean, I know yeah. sometimes like... There are certain ways, like absolutely, you can choose a different water bottle. Mm-hmm. You can choose to use glass instead of plastics. Um, you can choose to not use them at all. Um, but there are certain times where you can't avoid them. And I think this is something that touches on climate justice, which is the intersection between injustices that we face socially and the mm-hmm. climate. And so, like, I personally see an injustice as a company is not giving us an option outside of plastics. Yeah. Like you, they can, they can use things that break down. Mm-hmm. It'll be a tiny bit more expensive, but like, wouldn't we all pay an extra 50 cents to know we're healthier? Yeah. We all would. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it, part of that injustice is not giving options to people yep. so that we can't avoid some of the plastics for necessary items or items we should be allowed to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are going to use plastics, <laughs> look out for those things mm-hmm. um, and then make sure that you're taking care of them properly. Um, recycling isn't the end all. I promise it's not, but it does help. I think reusing is even more effective than recycling can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why people kind of push those a lot. And it, it makes the world that's built around plastic a little bit easier. Yeah. Vote with your dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Vote with your dollars. Who is the number one contribution for, what was it, plastic? Oh, I think it was for like ocean pollution. I that's think it was it Home Depot, Target, and Walmart. Home Depot, our beloved Target, 
We love Target. And Walmart, which like, oh, so shocking, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it, not at all. But um, they contribute most to waste. And mm-hmm. so if you can maybe vote with your dollars by just avoiding getting your products there. Yeah. At least give it like a week. Yeah. At least, yeah. Like take breaks from them, I guess. All right. So f- now to jump into the nitty gritty of this episode, what is climate justice? So in our last episode, we talked about climate change. Um, and then so that's basically just like what is happening. And, you know, there's a global stage for that. And then there, obviously there's a very local stage, which is going to be our focus, but not like our only part of our scope. Um, but Mary Robinson, who is a former president of Ireland, describes climate justice as a movement or a term that insists on a shift from a discourse on greenhouse gases and melting ice caps into a civil rights movement with the people and the communities most vulnerable to climate impacts at its heart. So to simplify that a little bit. Um, So climate justice is about talk, like moving away from, uh, you know, we already got the technicalities of what is climate change. So now we're going to be looking at that through a human lens and seeing how that impacts daily human life, Um, especially that of those most vulnerable, like frontline communities. And I hate to, I really hate to say this. People don't care about the polar bears. I personally do. But like when you start talking about how it's going to impact humans, I think that's where people start like realizing how large the issue is Mm -hmm. because we separate ourselves so much from like animals and nature, like just as a population in general. I feel like it really, I feel like there's like two camps to that. Like I feel like there's definitely like the wealthy or mostly white camp that does care for the polar bears and they'll donate a lot of money to save the polar bears and all these wild animals that are suffering and then there's the maybe people that are more focused on their survival and living day to day and just trying to make that next rent bill or whatever and they don't have the energy to care about the polar bears but we need to and then but then that's when education comes in and it's like, okay, this is about more than just a polar bear. It's about you. Like you're yeah. going to be most affected by this. You know? Well, and that's exactly kind of what I guess what I was saying is like, we're starting to realize mm-hmm. that like, it's not just about the turtles and mm-hmm. the polar bears, even though we all we should them. care about them. Like mm-hmm. they were here before us, but it's now impacting your neighbor or the, you know, the kids that you, your kids play with or just whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, one of the first scopes we really got to how serious that is would be something like Katrina. Yeah. You know, where we really saw how people become displaced and it's always going to be, or it's more likely going to be the people who can't get out of those situations. Yeah. And they can't afford to move. Like they don't have the resources or like, you know, the flexibility in terms of like livelihood to be able to go somewhere else and start over. Well, and I can say with all of my heart that, um, the people who are living in that city are not most responsible for the things that happen, like Mm -hmm. those natural disasters. Absolutely. They are not most responsible for the lack of help that comes when they need that support. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it's, but it's really nice when we can wrap it around. I like how she says it moves it from just being greenhouse gases and melting ice caps. Like, you start realizing that we are the polar bears. We are the turtles. (laughs) Yeah. We are not separate from that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, 
some other like another article that I was reading by Daisy Simmons from Yale University um, listed off a few points about how like about the adverse impacts of warming climate and then how that's not felt equitably among people. Mm, um, so yeah. one of her first points was climate justice begins with recognizing key groups are differently affected by climate change. Nobody is immune, but the poor and vulnerable are going to feel negative effects of it first. In fact, we already are. We are. Um, so y'all might have heard about like the, I mean, by the time you guys hear this, it would have been probably like two months ago, but about the power outages with DTE and mm-hmm. consumers and how all these people that are, you know, a vulnerable population were left without power, without energy, within, without heat in the middle of a winter storm. And it's during that winter storm that, or like right before that winter storm that DTE decided to raise prices. And there, actually, I listened to um, a lot of the testimony from people um, who were experiencing those outages. Mm-hmm. There was a town hall meeting that I went to, or virtual one, um, actually plugged on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, DTE rose the rates so that they can address the problems they're having properly. And what they're supposed to really do when you think about it is then lower the rates back down, Mm -hmm. but they don't lower the rates. They hire them and then they keep them where they are. Mm -hmm. But also people were facing problems on like a beautiful day. It would have been like, it was one of the nicest days of the month Mm -hmm. and people were still facing outages. Mm -hmm. So you can't even really blame it on weather anymore. It's like reliability of the systems that we Mm -hmm. are cornered into because our state chooses to monopolize energy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. so that's, yeah, and then like we were talking about like hurricanes, like people can't leave those situations. No. Um, here in Michigan, like we haven't really dealt with anything more extreme than a winter storm so far. Um, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as we get further and further in with like more unpredictable weather patterns, I'm sure we could start expecting more tornadoes yep. and, you know, it'll be a blast. Well, and, I think we mentioned this um, one of our first episodes, but like hotter summers equal higher crime rates. Mm-hmm. Hotter summers equal we need to pump out more energy yep. so that we can cool our homes. Mm-hmm. And that only rises rates and rises, you know, the ability for those outages to happen. And it just kind of creates its own issue mm-hmm. in itself. It yeah. like. When I say one of my biggest issues right now is energy, mm-hmm. the way that we use it and the way that we decide to gain it mm-hmm. is my biggest issue because it's a nonstop problem. Yeah. You need more energy the warmer and colder your winters are. Mm-hmm. And like they're only going to get warmer and colder <laughs> if we keep getting energy the way that we do. Mm-hmm. It's the never ending problem. Yeah. So like. Our, our current way of dealing with these issues is, like, basically putting, like, a bandaid on a gunshot wound mm-hmm. because we're treating the symptoms without treating the problem. Yeah, we're just going to – they're going to amputate. They're going to have to – And that's away. what it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. And, and something um, with climate injustices mm-hmm. is climate refugees. People get displaced from where they are mm-hmm. because of the issues that they're facing. So it's not even just a Michigan problem or yeah. a Katrina problem in New Orleans. This is a – world world problem problem. i mean it happens in california Mm -hmm. it happens in countries all over the place where people get displaced because of flooding or because of droughts or because of trash 
It's overwhelming. Speaking of California, I, my mom did send me an article. I love that you get Cali updates. It's like from my own dear look, mother. Something I definitely don't have is across the country updates. <laughs> What's going on? Shout out to my mom. My Shout dear out mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, but a, apparently a lost lake is reemerging in California. And there's farms and communities that are going underwater. So there's a flooding happening because, again, unpredictable water pa- weather patterns. Oh, okay. And that's um, just an aside. You know, obviously, you guys might have also already heard that a piece of Africa is breaking off. Did you hear about that already? Yes. I hate it, Nancy. Every time you say it, it makes me realize how fragile I am. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah. But, okay, so where is that? Is that Northern California? Looks like it's happening in, oh, it's actually Southern California. Oh, see, and that's even and that's just San Joaquin more... Valley. That's more wild. It dried up 80 years ago and it became farmland. And but then now it's, a, it's coming back as a lake. They've been having a bunch of rain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and is that near a coastline? Um, looking for a map. Because Maybe. another thing that we're facing, and I think some, something that we've all heard about in the news, <laughs> general news, is that um, we are losing coastline. And we will continue to lose coastline, mm-hmm. which means the like a large city like New York can't lose coastline. Yeah, it goes like right up to the water. Yeah, well, and even in California, all around, in Florida, mm-hmm. like think about all of the people. And honestly... Millionaires, you better start listening because those are your homes. <laughs> the people who those you know can afford to live on beachfronts, yeah. mm-hmm. those are just going to continue to deteriorate if we continue to treat things the way we do. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Billionaires will become the frontline communities in that <laughs> sense. It's like, Ocean, can you uh, flood a little quicker? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you did <laughs> <laughs> like low key. <laughs> no, I mean, if it only affected rich people with like beachfront properties, I would say like, come on, ocean, let's go. But like, it would also affect a lot of like coastal communities that rely on the ocean for food and work. God, they don't want to hurt some. I know it's pretty obvious, but like when you put it that way, like, isn't it the golden rule that? If you like you treat people the way you want to be treated, like mm-hmm. if you know that your actions are directly impacting somebody, mm-hmm. how can you just openly do that? It it never even really has to touch anybody who is the largest offender for it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like some people just live in like a bubble and they don't know. You like know. they haven't taken the time to get to know how their actions affect other people. Bigger problem for another day. Um Anyway, so yeah, and then I oh, think yeah. the th- was I on her second point or her first point? Well, oh, we, we kind of went into her second we point did, already, yeah. uh, which was climate impacts can exacerbate inequitable social conditions. We talked a little bit about this, um, but you know, some examples of that are how drought or flood can impact agriculture. Mm. Um, so as such, it impacts how and what resources are available and how those resources are transported. So it can create like shortages in a lot of places um, for people. Who, it might make things more expensive, so that's more expensive, so that people can't afford them anymore. Yeah. So those are all other non-weather ways in which um, climate change is gonna affect climate justice. Yeah, and the 
the way that climate really touches everybody is when you put it that way, Nancy, mm-hmm. um, food for a lot of people who are in frontline communities is already hard enough to get, right? Mm-hmm. High quality food, access to it. Yeah. But when you talk about um, food and how in California or in how in Florida they might mm-hmm. be facing those issues, mm-hmm. um, that's going to come down to then Michigan when we want um, all the fresh foods that we have. We mm-hmm. don't have access to that. Mm-hmm. We don't have the ability to pay for it. And when it comes, it becomes more hard to pay for food, then you're not able to get the proper nutrition that you need. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to impact your ability to be educated. And it's going to impact your ability to have a quality of life. Mm-hmm. And being less educated ultimately keeps you in these positions Mm -hmm. where you can't afford better food or you can't afford better home to get away from the lead paint and Mm -hmm. water. And then that's why I like to have these conversations, Mm -hmm. not because I want people to be sad about it, but because it's such awareness. I mean, to be fair, I feel like not enough people are sad about it, which is why nothing is happening. Look, Nancy. So our call to action is Nancy wants you to be so freaking sad about this that you have to do something. I have a little bit of eco-anxiety. We do. Some environmental depression. We have had this for years. Some climate crying. Climate crying. I have climate cried so hard over the past month Mm -hmm. with like, I think it was the East Palestine and oh, then it yeah. was the DTE thing. And it's just mm-hmm. on top of hearing that like we aren't reversing what we're doing in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are the largest contribution to climate yeah. injustices. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so as a final note on that sad stuff, I um, know I hate doing <laughs> this, but again, I mean, if, if you're not, passionately aware about these things you have no reason to change them exactly um so number three on daisy's list is uh, momentum is building for climate change justice solutions and that is where there is hope um and we really like daisy i like what daisy has to say yeah so um some of the things that she mentions are the fact that the naacp has brought in like climate justice as Mm -hmm. one of the things that they care about under their like social justice umbrella um there's organizations obviously like a lot of local ones are the grand rapids climate coalition uh the community collaboration on climate change c4 c4 for short um michigan league of conservation voters sierra club of west west michigan yeah Uh, yeah, so a couple <laughs> other ones that you are oh, in Citizens Climate Lobby. Yeah, the West Michigan Center for uh, West Michigan Environmental Action Council. Look at you. You're really good. <laughs> and of course, there's uh, the Environmental Justice Team at Urban Core Collective. Yay. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, I think that was what we were going with. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, there's hope there well there is oh, it's hope. not lost not yet there is hope and there are things that you can do um in your neighborhood and to build that awareness mm-hmm. um like making sure that your neighborhoods are supported making sure that they're invested in Mutual making aid. sure that you're aware of the issues that are going on mm-hmm. um right now something that nancy and i are working closely on with some other environmental and non-environmental groups in the city is making sure that maybe some of the truck routes are addressed 
or adrested. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I've someone, never said that before. <laughs> Making sure, sure we're someone. addressed in and all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the Roosevelt Park has an issue with their trucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, they have an issue with traffic in general, mm-hmm. and they've done what they can to address it. But, like, maybe planning for a better environment mm-hmm. would be a good way to address that. Yeah. And so um, having awareness of those things going on in your city, mm-hmm. again, is also going to be a really great way for you to advocate for your climate and for your health um, just by being aware. Mm-hmm. And then also, obviously, don't forget that one of the biggest ways to increase awareness about climate change and climate justice is to talk about it. So, and like a lot of people treat it as a taboo subject because, like, let's be fair, it's not the most cheerful topic in the world. We've tried so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but really, just like talk to your family about it, uh, talk to your friends about it, your kids about it. Turn down the straw next time you go to a restaurant if you feel like the cup, I mean, if the cup looks clean enough in the border. Yeah. I always tell people I don't want a straw, and they kind of look at me, but then I think they realize why I didn't ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. Turn the straw down. Turn the straw down. Okay, but our official um, call to action yeah. this for this week is um, we're coming up on May. Oh, we love May. Get out in the sun. It feels good, and it's natural vitamin D. It is natural vitamin D. So I have a twofold call to action, which is no more May. For the month of May, do not mow your lawn. Like, uh-uh, May. No mow. This is when, you know, the snow is, like, finally leaving us. So it's a chill. A lot of pollinator insects are awakening from hibernation, and they rely on the shelter from slightly taller grass. They rely on the pollen and nectar from those dandelions, which, by the way, are actually good for you. Don't kill them. Yeah. Um, they rely, like, basically, like, on clover and a bunch of these other first-growing plants to get out there. Not just bees, but also, like, fireflies. Like, they are a Midwest treasure. I was enamored by them when I first came out to this side of the country. Oh. And then I also had to learn that they were going extinct because of freaking lawns. So don't mow your lawns, please. Okay. They, need, they need the grass. They taller. need it. Also, why are you out there mowing your lawn? Like, ugh. There's so many things. Like, what are you, a 50s dad? What are you, a 50s dad? That was like, no, 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 no. That was like the like funniest thing to say in a weird tone because like what is that a real <laughs> insult um <laughs> it kind of is um no but i like that because also like you're saving water you don't have to water natural grasses like the the rain usually like takes grasses. care yeah mm-hmm. na- native grasses rain will take care of that and mm-hmm. so people will run sprinklers all summer you're gonna save water you're going to save money on water by that, mm-hmm. money on fuel, mm-hmm. because most lawnmowers use fuel, yep. and then time. Like, mm-hmm. think about all the time that you would spend either mowing or, like, collecting all of the scraps from that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, full uh, no mow. I have a lawn, but I will not mow it in May, and I will probably kill it after May. I'm going to bury it in mulch. I'm going to help her stab her lawn with mulch. <laughs> um, and then... Didn't we have another one? Um, yeah, and also plant some pollinator plants. Oh, so yeah. So milkweed plants. is a huge one for pollinators, especially monarch butterflies, which are very close to my heart. Um, and then also, like, basically any other pollinator plants, like there's, like, black-eyed Susans, um, there's bee balm, there's bergamot. 
There's a bunch of other ones. So Calvin's website, mm-hmm. calvin.edu, um, you can find some resource through their Plaster Creek portion of their website, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will give you tips on native plants, maybe how to plant them or how to propagate them, and then which ones might be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so look into that if you're looking for resources. Um, Calvin is local. It's Grand Rapids, so it'll be Michigan information. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and the reason why that's important is because native plants are not going to pull from the natural resources of your yard. They're just going to help support it. Absolutely. And another resource, too, if you want to learn more about native plants, you can go to your local library. In our case, it's probably the Grand Rapids Public Library. And there's a lot, a lot of books about native planting for with Michigan plants. And Michigan plants are actually really gorgeous. And I noticed mm. Michiganders are passionate about Michigan. So, like, oh, grow some more we? Michigan plants. No, we literally, like, want to hear everybody say we're better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but one of my favorites was... Um, I think it's called Native Plants of the Midwest, if I remember correctly. Um, I know this is a lot of call to actions, but... What's well, one big one, which is well, support the pollinators in No, May. I want to add another one because I think oh. it's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, potentially uh, look into foraging. No. Oh. Foraging, like mushrooms. Um, there are different types of like native plants that you can use for medicines mm-hmm. or for um, herbs and stuff. It'll keep you diverse in mm-hmm. that sense. And that's something yeah. that's really natural to people that we've lost is having a, div- a diverse palette based on what naturally grows in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, but like weekly, you could find something new to forage or look into. And that would also save you some money. It would add to being out in nature. Um, so even if you don't want to do that, if you want to just maybe do the no-mo or if you want to help um, spread native plants, mm-hmm. I'm personally going to look into foraging uh, because how beneficial it is for everyone. Yeah, and related to that, there's types of plants we refer to as invasive species, and they're basically species that are the opposite of a native plant. Mm-hmm. And they basically disrupt the local ecosystem because they take over too quick and oftentimes like use up the nutrients or resources that native plants need to survive. So they end up like almost like killing the native plants because yeah. they're so like prominent. Um, so a couple of examples are garlic mustard, dandelions. They were actually brought in from Europe. They're not native. Um, autumn mm. olive and multiflora rose. And um, the Pure Cedar Creek Institute in Hastings is taking a, if you can beat them, eat them approach to invasive species. And love that so, so those that i just mentioned are invasive species that are harmful to local flora and fauna but you can eat them yeah so you could f- potentially forage something we all know what dandelions look like yeah go grab a bunch literally hop on google and and figure out what you can make out of it dandelion wine um and we would really truly love for anybody to share what they're doing or mm-hmm. like show your lawn at the end of may um, oh i'll, share I'll that show with you guys us. my lawn maybe well, let's do some before and after pics yeah um but yeah we also appreciate you and we understand that it is a call to action by listening to us have these conversations um, and just by taking in little bits, this is kind of how Nancy and I started. But if we can all get a l- like 1% closer, even every month, mm-hmm. that would be huge. Yep. Um, so support a pollinator this month. Thanks for listening to this episode. Um, our next episode is going to be on sustainability. So we'll see you soon.
yeah we will see you soon bye peace